closer to the athletes, coaches, families, and fans of Cincinnati sports. It's On the Sidelines with Q102's Molly Watson and Lindsey Patterson. Presented by OrthoCincy, the orthopedic authority. Lindsay Patterson over here on On the Sidelines podcast with Molly Watson. One of my favorites to talk to during the right before training camp starts in football season, former Cincinnati Bengal, current broadcaster, the Believe podcast with Adam Jones, Solomon Wilcox. How you doing? Lindsay, I'm doing great and good to be on with you today. There's a lot to talk about with this team right now. I want to get to Jesse Bates in just a moment, but today the club announced another round of the Ring of Honor. You have Willie Anderson, wide receiver Isaac Curtis. What did you think about the announcement and just what this team has been doing with the Ring of Honor? Long overdue, right? The entire Ring of Honor, but certainly long overdue for a great um, player and a great man like Isaac Curtis. Um, Ever since I first came to Cincinnati back in 1987, he was already done playing. Um, but we all looked up to him, um, not just as a player for what he did on the field, but even the way that he lived his life off the field. He was an executive for Weingarner and Hammond. He was a guy that uh, if you needed a room or a hotel for a charity event, if you were flying in a bunch of people. Isaac Curtis was the guy to call. Um, and he still is just a first class human being and, and very um, understated in the way that he carries himself. Uh, but so many of us, we hold him in such high regards and with so much respect um and i think it's for all the right reasons because uh he was a, a trailblazer off the field but on the field um i think people should understand that he was the reason why they created the five yard bump rule the pittsburgh steelers would just try to maul isaac curtis all over the field so paul brown who was on the competition committee um, went to the NFL and said, hey, we need to do something about this. They're mugging Ike all over the field. They can't run with him. He's way too fast for these guys. And so they're holding on to him all over the field. And so because of Paul Brown and who he was, he was able to get it done. And so the five-yard bump rule exists uh, because of, uh, of course, Mel Blunt with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But Isaac Curtis was part of the impetus for that rule coming into being. Yeah, and with Willie Anderson, too, and it's crazy because today was actually my first time ever hearing Isaac Curtis in an interview, and he's such a humble guy. Yes, yes, he is, yes. So well-deserved, <laughs> and then you get right tackle Willie Anderson, who should be in the Hall of Fame, but now he's in the Bengals' ring of honor. Do you think this is going to be the year that Willie gets in the Hall, Ken Riley, Kenny Anderson? Are we going to get more Cincinnati Bengals in it? You know, I sure would like to see that happen, Lindsay. I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of obviously um, Kenny Riley was one of the great um, defensive backs, great corners. I was a kid watching him play. And when we came here, Dick LeBeau used to tell us about the Rattler. That was his nickname is the Rattler. He went to, um, you know, Grambling. Um, he was a great player. Um, he was a coach, a longtime coach, even after he left the game. And uh, so we remember that he was, I think, third or fourth, maybe fifth on the all-time interception list. At the time when he retired, he still has, I think I looked at the numbers, the top seven guys ahead of him um, in, in, in interceptions are all in the Hall of Fame. The next seven guys after him on the all-time interception list are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So he's definitely is a guy that should also be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So I'm pulling for him, pulling for Kenny Anderson. I think Willie Anderson going into the into the ring of honor is, is certainly um, well-earned. Here was a guy that was a great player on some 
really bad Bengals teams, but he was the first great left tackle the Bengals had after Anthony Munoz had left. So he follows in a tremendous tradition of great left tackles having played for the Cincinnati Bengals. When we talk about everything that's going on this offseason, obviously this club is spending money in free agency, but they also have a safety in Jesse Bates. I'm a little surprised because I think if you were to ask me last year, I would have thought they had the extension done before going into regular season of last year for it to linger and really felt like the talks never kind of connected. Obviously the numbers are kind of be thrown around right now. We don't know what is true, but the Cincinnati Bengals, they don't extend Jesse Bates and he will more than likely play on the franchise tag. He's stating that he's not going to be a training camp. He doesn't want to play on the franchise tag. What did you think about that and do you think Jesse Bates plays this year for Cincinnati I sure hope he does first of all he deserves his money if you look at his four years and look at a lot of the other safeties during that same period whether it's Minka Fitzpatrick whether it's Justin Simmons um, with uh, the Denver Broncos whether it's Marcus Williams previously of the New Orleans Saints signed a big uh, time uh, contract this offseason with the Baltimore Ravens um, Jesse Bates' numbers are very comparable to the top safeties in the National Football League over the last four years. In my mind, I think this is where the Bengals might be missing it a little bit because I think safeties are the position where you kind of want to, you don't want to have to shell out a whole lot of money right, for that position. You don't want to have to, particularly when you have contracts coming up where you're going to have to um, re-up after their rookie deal is soon to be up, you know, Joe Burrow after his third season, he's going to be doing a new contract. T Higgins after his third year, uh, which is 2022, he's going to be doing a new contract. And then you have Jamar Chase after that. So you have some, and those numbers are going to be big. You're talking 50 million a year for your quarterback, somewhere close to 20 to 30 million a year for your top wide receivers. T Higgins is a top 20 top 10 wide receiver. Certainly you're going to have to shell out a ton of money for Jamar Chase. So you think, oh, we could save some money at the safety position. Why would we, we don't want to overpay. Nobody wants to overpay. But when a, when a safety takes the ball away from the opposing team, when he's a high interceptor and got tremendous ball skills and tremendous football acuity, you got to pay the guy. And, um, you know, and if the Bengals don't, someone will. The $12.9 million he's expected to earn um, as, as a result of the franchise tag in 2022 puts him in the top 10 of, say, of what safeties earn on an annual basis. Um, I, would, I would strongly suggest that Jesse doesn't sit out, not even training camp. I would strongly suggest that he plays under the franchise tag, even though he doesn't want to, because I have so many examples uh, for, for first of all, he made 1.2 million last year in his fourth season. 12.9 is 10 times the amount of money he made one year ago. So I would say to that 10 year old player out of Fort Wayne, Indiana, hey, uh, one day you're going to be the Bengals franchise player. Um, you're going to turn down 12.9 million and not play. I think that 10 year old Jesse Bates would have said, no way I'd ever do that. <laughs> and so I, would, I, I, think, I think even now, um, it, he would, he, if he's of his right mind, you won't, you don't want to do it. There is a chance a player could get hurt on the franchise tag, but Lindsay, I have a lot of evidence saying that all the players who played under the franchise tag, that when they got hurt, they still end up getting the big time contract that Prescott got hurt 
um, in his final year on his under the playing under the franchise tag. Chris Godwin, the wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year, was hurt, lost for the season, playing under the franchise tag, still got his big time contract. I can cite time after time that when a player shows up and comes to work playing under the franchise tag, that number tends to be the floor. It's the beginning of where your next contract is going to begin to be negotiated. It's not a ceiling, it's a floor. So that's the conversation I would like to have with Jesse Bates and I'm sure he would understand that finance. OrthoCincy Orthopedics and Sports Medicine has eight convenient orthopedic urgent care clinics in Kentucky, Ohio, and Indiana with convenient weekday, evening, and Saturday hours for fractures, sprains, strains, and more. OrthoCincy's dedicated orthopedic specialists will treat your sports, work, or everyday injury. Just walk in. No appointment is ever needed at OrthoCincy Orthopedic Urgent Care. Plus, you'll spend less time and money than going to a crowded ER. Learn more at orthosincy.com. That's orthosincy with a Y.com. We talk about money contracts. You brought it up. And I think you look at the outlook of it. And I hate to be this person because I'm always optimistic on, on what the front office is doing over the last couple of years. But I don't think they're going to be able to keep T and Jamar. I, I think, I, no, I think you, you can. Do. I think you can financially. Yeah. Financially, you can. You can afford it. Um, because they'll be able to afford it. This salary cap is going like astronomical, right? Like I could, I could point to you the date, first day of free agency where Christian Kirk uh, was leaving Arizona to play for Jacksonville and he signed a deal worth 18 million a year. And everyone was like, hey, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Now 18 million, this is months later, Lindsay, 18 million a year for a wide receiver. Sounds like nothing. Right. Yeah. That was month. It was only like three months ago. So that's how quickly the market is moving. You're better off signing your players as soon as you can. Right. And that's in after the third year, you say, Hey, look, you know, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we'll go ahead and pay you X T Higgins may or may not accept it. They could use the franchise on him. And, uh, but you, you know, Joe Burrow is the keeper. You're going to, I mean, excuse me, uh, Jamar Chase is the keeper at wide receiver. You're going to give him the, whatever the max deal is. And then, um, you know, T Higgins just have to understand, well, okay, what, what does one B look like? What's important for me? Do I want to stay and play with Joe Burrow? Or do I want to try to max out and go play somewhere else? Um, and this Bengals were faced with this before. We're going to keep AJ Green, but do we let Marvin Jones and Mohamed Sanu go? They're coming right back to that because you're going you're going to pay the quarterback and you're going to pay Jamar Chase. Now the other guys have to figure out what that's going to look like. But you know we we got a lot of football between now and then, so. Um, I'm going to live in the present. <laughs> that is the way to go, Sally. I think everybody should listen to your advice because that conversation is already happening. But I do want to enjoy the 2022 season. And That's speaking right. of that season, you get a team who goes to the Super Bowl, which a lot of people didn't see coming. Joe Burrow right now, some are putting them him in a top 10, top five. Is he the best in the AFC North? I feel a little biased, kind of homer from myself. And I say, yes, he's a top five quarterback right now. He is the best quarterback currently in the AFC North. It's not going to be easy this season. But why do you feel like people aren't giving Joe Burrow the credit he deserves right now? Well, no, I, I think uh, the, uh, in the NFL community at large, I think 
they do give Joe Burrow a lot of credit. I think I think he's widely recognized, um, at least league wide, as a top five quarterback. I think some lists you might see him at six. Another list you might see him at three or four. You know, and then I don't, I don't, I'm not offended by that. I, I think Joe has come a long way from this time last year when there were a lot of question marks after the uh, number of sacks, ten games into a career. He uses the next 17 games or next 20 games to ascend all the way up into that top five category, you know? So listen, I, I just think everyone has kind of seen what the rest of us here in Cincinnati has seen. I, I don't even know that everybody initially in Cincinnati saw it. And I was doing a show with LaShawn Shady McCoy, who tried to tell me that Justin Herbert was better than Joe Burrow. And I said, not true. I said, but it's okay. You're you're early in your broadcast career. You're you're gonna get there. And I and this was still in the regular season last year. I said, Joe Burrow is the kind of guy, and they don't grow these, they're very rare. He's the kind of quarterback that the more you hit him, the tougher he gets, the better he gets. And then when he gets sacked nine times against Tennessee, the rest of the world got to know Joe Burrow, like many of us on the inside had already pegged him for being a different kind of quarterback. Most quarterbacks fold up shot. You sack them nine times. Most guys, when they start to get their jersey dirty at the quarterback position, they're done. And that's who Justin Herbert is. I can show you the game last year when he played against the Baltimore Ravens. He started to get hit. That game was over. The Ravens blew him out. He didn't want any more. Joe Burrow's a different kind of quarterback. People should understand that was who Brett Favre was. That was who John Elway was. That is who Ben Roethlisberger was. Blue Ben Roethlisberger comes from a blue-collar town in Finley, Ohio. That guy doesn't expect to earn it, you know, with his jersey being clean. But now we have one of those guys. And so that's why Joe Burrow said he expects for these good days to continue here in Cincinnati. He said, look, we're going to be doing this from here on out. And I believe him because I know – um, how he how he's built as a football player. I know the mindset that he brings to the party. And that's a rare species at the quarterback position. So that that to me, that's why he ranks so much higher. And amongst the guys who really know what that quarterback position is about, the, the real great quarterbacks, some of these quarterbacks, they're good when everything else is good. The great ones are good when everything around them is bad. They're still good. That's what getting sacked nine times looked like and still winning the football game. Okay. Sure. Most quarterbacks are not going to still win, find a way to win a ball game when they get sacked nine times. We've got proof. If I was a good lawyer, I would just tell you, I laid it out. Exhibit A, B, and C, why this guy ranks in the top five. We love to hear it. And I think with Joe Burrow, you brought up a good point when he, after the wild card game, he just had a straight face. Yeah. This team finally won a playoff game for the first time in 31 years. And was like, yeah, that's yeah. pretty normal. Like, that's right. That's right. We're, we're going to do that again. And you could really, you could tell as the Titans game, the Kansas city game, just his excitement. It, it definitely, it went up. And I think speaking of the sacks and Joe Burrow taking those hits, this team finally spent some money in free agency. I think you look at the left guard position, it's still questionable and going into training camp in week one of the season, but you get solid at right tackle. You get Jonah Williams over at left tackle, your center, your right guard position. What did you think of these offseason moves for Joe Burrow on the offensive line? Yeah, and Carmen Jackson and obviously uh, Jonah Williams on the on the left side, 
I, I think they'll improve. I think they'll get better. I think we have gotten better with the signing of Ted Karras at center, right guard Alex Kappa, and obviously the right tackle Lyle Collins. These guys can roll great in the running game. And that's where I really expect us to be better. I expect us to be able to run at will. I expect us to get Joe Mixon to the second level of the defense repeatedly. I expect us to be able to run and roll off of that with great play action presence, take shot plays down the field and force the defense to have to commit to the box to prevent us from running the football. What that means, you've got more room to run routes. Um, and I think we're better at the tight end position. And uh, I think T Higgins continues to improve even in year four. Tyler Boyd has always been reliable and dependable no matter what. And I, I do believe uh, Jamar Chase will be better. I mean, this is a guy that didn't even play uh, in 2020. He sat out the entire season. So, um, you know, he, he had some rough patches in the early going. And even later, I remember, you know, against the charges, a ball hit him in the hands and he, he gives it up to a defensive back. So, you know, there were some growing pains along the way. And that's what happens, though, uh, when you maybe miss a whole season or you're a rookie and you hit a wall there. He, Jamar Chase is going to be better year number two than he was year one. I think that's a good thing for Bengals fans. But our offensive line, for sure, is going to be much improved. I was concerned going into last season. I was, I was uh, on the mountaintop saying we should go offensive line because I was afraid that our quarterback was going to become like Andrew Luck. By the time we get it fixed, his career will be over. Um, and we survived because he still was the most sacked quarterback a year ago. He still was one sack too many because it cost us a Super Bowl. We got to go in and say that. Our inability to protect Joe Burrow cost us a Super Bowl. That's <laughs> just fact. I mean, you can't deny that. So I think we need to have some nuance for people who said, let take the offensive lineman. They weren't wrong. For people who said, let's take Jamar Chase, uh, I think none of us would change that. None of us would go back and change that, even at the expense of being that one play away from winning the Super Bowl, because we wouldn't have been there without Jamar Chase. No, it's crazy. And when you say that Jamar Chase is going to be even better, it's wild to think about right now yeah, because yeah. his rookie year was unbelievable rookie mm -hmm. of the year. And you get a guy like Joe Burrow. It's really fun to watch this offense. And I think a lot of teams who were drafting in the first round in 2020 are looking at T Higgins and thinking, how did we not take T Higgins? The Bengals got a steal in the second round to top that off. Yeah. So this offense right now is going to be fun to watch. You mentioned Joe Mixon. I think he's going to be fun with an offensive line. He already is having a fun NFL career, but when you have a solid offensive line, that's only going to help him on the air, in the air and on the ground. You look at a guy like Zach Taylor. Obviously you've heard the criticism from Zach Taylor since day one. He takes this team, helps this team get to the Super Bowl. Yes, you have Joe Burrow as the quarterback. What do you think of Zach Taylor as the head coach? Yeah, I've, I've spent some time uh, with Zach uh, heading into last season and been able he, – he, here's the deal. He's a sharp guy. He's very bright. He understands the game better than what most people um, believe. I can't tell you. I've been to coffee houses, and I've done um, you know uh, speaking engagements on behalf of the Bengals where I'm talking to fans and – and trying to tell people what a good team we have. And I'm, you know, I'm not shy about pointing the areas of weakness and I'm not shy about pointing out the things I think we need to do as an organization to improve the conditions and the opportunities for players, for them to play better and be at their best. But I'm 100% a Cincinnati bingo lover. This is a team that drafted me. I want to see them do well. And so uh, when we, when we talk about the team in terms of just the direction and what we need to do um, it's really about, 
protecting the quarterback really is about understanding who our coach is. He was new. It was his first time being a head coach. You got to let him grow on the job. You got to let him learn. And if you thought that he was going to come in day one and be like Bill Belichick, I got news for you. Bill Belichick wasn't Bill Belichick on day one. <laughs> and I played against his teams when he was the head coach in Cleveland. But Zach is a fast learner. And, you know, I often talk to him about what it means to play in the AFC North division and how it's a unique environment. It's a unique perspective on how football is played. He gets it now. He, he's 100. He understands. It's a different level of physicality. We often like to think that all 32 teams in the NFL play the same brand of football. This is a different division. Pittsburgh is going to drive um, a physical battle. It's going to be a bargain of, of mental wheels, of physicality. Baltimore is the same way. And Marvin Lewis understood that because he, he grew up in this division, having coached for both organizations, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. He knew that. And that's why he was able to build a team that can match that physicality and could end up winning division titles in the middle of two coaches that are having Hall of Fame careers in John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin. And, and, and Marvin Lewis was able to win his share of those games. And I, I think now that Zach understands that, he's doing the same. What he did to Baltimore last year took him behind the woodshed. Did the same to Pittsburgh. And to beat a Hall of Fame coach like Rand, Andy Reid, excuse me, Andy Reid, twice in one month, in a span of four weeks, hold them to only six points combined in the second half of both games. We don't even need to look any further. We got our coach for the present and for the future. That's how high I am on Zach Tate. You mentioned the AFC North right now. What is your outlook for the season? Obviously, Baltimore's going to be better. They were dealing with a lot of injuries last year. Pittsburgh, yeah. still a question mark. I have them finishing last in the AFC North. In Cleveland, they have a big question mark on what's going to happen with their quarterback this season. So where are you putting Cincinnati when it comes to the AFC North and just the outlook for 2022? I, I'm all in, obviously, on the Bengals winning this division, but it's going to be a dog fight. I'm going to tell you right now, it ain't nothing – in this division, nobody's giving you anything. You got to take what you want. And I think that's what we, we know about the AFC North. You go play the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't care how bad their record is. Somebody's going to have to get in the whirlpool the next day. I don't care what you think about the Baltimore Ravens because of the guy they've got at quarterback and because of the tradition that they have defensively. They are. They don't ever give up in the game. I don't care what the score is. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if half the team is decimated by injuries. They're gonna make you earn it. That's just who. That's just who and what they are. Cleveland has hit a reset button unlike any team I've ever seen because Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback. This isn't hyperbole. The last time he played, he led the league in passing yards. He led the league in in yards per pass attempt. If you go look at his career numbers. His career quarterback passer rating is like 106.8. His touchdown to interception ratio is like 140 touchdowns to like 30-something interceptions. It's incredible. I mean, the guy, listen, this guy was Joe Burrow before Joe Burrow. He won national championships, came into the league, and could battle Patrick Mahomes toe-to-toe. -to -toe. I mean, this, is, this guy is a runner with elite passing talent. So he's Josh Allen. Do you see what I'm saying? He can do all the things with his legs that Lamar Jackson can do, but he's a better passer. So we, we got to 
formula for how to stop Lamar. I really believe that. Lou Anaromo's got his number. This guy coming up for Cleveland is totally different because he can run it like Lamar, but he can throw it like Burrow. And that's where you got to understand what he's bringing to the table. And if you look across our PFF database, the Browns have one of the top ranked offensive lines in the NFL. Four of the five have pro bows and all pros on their resume. Their secondary is one of the best in the NFL. Their backfield with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb is the best in the NFL, according to PFF. Look, the Battle of Ohio is back. Trust me when I tell you, it's real. So for anyone who thinks that Cleveland is going to be a knockover, we haven't been able to beat them with Baker Mayfield. The guy who shows up at quarterback is better. It's better. <laughs> so uh, I'm, you know, I'm I'm very concerned. But look, we got number nine, so I feel good about our chances. But I do know that the AFC North is what we call murderer's row. And we haven't even talked about the AFC West yet because they're pretty loaded also. It's going to be tough in the AFC, but Solly, thank you so much for your time. But before you go, one of my favorite things this football season, actually even last year, you have a podcast with Adam Jones, who is one of my favorites to interview because he's honest. And I love listening to him talk football and the Cincinnati Bengals. What do you guys have going on this season? And just talk a little bit about the podcast. First of all, when I got the call from the Believe Podcast Network, they wanted me to do this uh, Bengals podcast on a weekly basis. They said, you get to bring on board whomever you want. You can get a traditional um, reporter or traditional analyst. I said, no, I, I got someone I think that you, I think is going to make it work. I said, he's the opposite of me, but I'm telling you right now, he's got the football IQ. He's going to pull it off. And I think we're going to uh, create a unique brand um, of bingo coverage. And I said, Adam Pacman Jones, and they are all like, what? And I was like, no, you gotta, I'm, trust me, you're going to love this guy. He's, he's incredibly innate in terms of his, his intelligence, particularly when it comes to football. And as you said, he's going to give you the real honest spiel. He's not going to come to you like a maybe traditional broadcaster. He knows nothing but one way to tell a story, and that is authentically unapologetic, right? And I just thought it would make for an interesting, um, unique pairing. And so uh, it's been of great success. You're going to be able to catch us on Valley Sports Ohio twice a week throughout the NFL football season. You can obviously go to the Believe Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcast to download the podcast. We just uh, did a recording yesterday. We had Mike Hilton on with us. He was phenomenal. We're going to have him on quite frequently. He's also on my radio show, um, and he'll be joining us quite frequently there on Sirius XM NFL Radio Channel 88. Of course, I'm the host of the opening drive from 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern time. Um, so that's just some of the place where you can always find me, at least, talking about Cincinnati Bengals football. And you can uh, get the podcast as well. You can go to Apple. You can go to Spotify. You can go to Believe uh, the Believe Podcast Network to get the podcast as well. I love it. And you mentioned Mike Hilton. I think he's going to be the new CJ Uzama of excitement, team leader, who you hear out there on the, when the offense is on the field, when defense is on the field, that guy is fun to watch. So I'm, I'm already looking forward to listening to that interview, but yeah, Solly, you stay busy. Football yeah, season, a couple yeah. days away. It's finally back in Cincinnati and I can't thank you enough for joining us. Hey, I can't thank you enough, Lindsay. Thank you for keeping uh, the Bengals legacy going. Uh, we're so proud of the work that you're doing. You cover the game in the right way. We appreciate you. You're the best, sir.